the time is. Africa is gold and a lot of the major investors, the higher up investors, so they know that Africa is gold right now and that's where most of them are parking their money. Welcome to the Todd Capital Millionaire Podcast. At Todd Capital, we believe business and investing are team sports. And this podcast is for those who want to turn their capital into generational legacies. It's what you all been waiting for, ain't it? Todd Consultant presents the Vending Machine Business Webinar. You can only have one job, but you can have as many vending machines as you want. This is your chance to see how we do business and how you can start your very own vending machine business. Avoid the mistakes we made and start winning. You'll be shown how we find, negotiate, buy, and manage our vending machine business generating thousands per month and how it has unlimited scale. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. This episode is brought to you by 24-7 Watches. Shop our limited edition luxury watches at 247watches.com. That's T-W-E-N-T-Y 47watches.com. Use code Todd Capital at checkout for special discount. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at 247watches. That's at T-W-E-N-T-Y 47watches. And here's your host, Mr. Todd Millionaire himself, Charles Oglesby. This is the Todd Capital Millionaire Podcast, episode 143. My name is Charles Oglesby, also known as Todd Millionaire. But now Twitter, it's Todd Billion. It could have been Todd Billionaire, but they wouldn't allow it because it was too long. And I think somebody already has it. But the original name was Todd Millionaire, getting close. Um, anyway, thank you all for tuning in. The purpose of this podcast is to share the stories of successful African-American business owners and investors so that people can hear the stories of successful examples. They exist. And what's dope is the theme of this show parallels with the business that this guest is building. And so I actually saw him and I didn't realize that like he just kind of started growing his business. Like a lot of his productions is, is high quality stuff and he's he's doing some really cool things. And so I wanted to get him on the show. His name is Phil Jones. His Instagram is WOM Reviews. He does a lot of reviews of African-American owned businesses. And so I kind of wanted to talk to him about what inspired him to create that company and just his overall goals for the company. So welcome to the show, man. Hey, for sure. I appreciate you. Thank you for reaching out. So the first question is, who are you and where are you from? Yeah. So my name is Philip Jones. Everybody knows me uh, in real life as PJ. Uh, I introduced myself on YouTube as PJ. I'm from Rocky Mount, North Carolina. Uh, people from North Carolina gonna know that it's 252. So yeah, shout out to that. Um, so that's basically where I grew up and where I'm from, North Carolina. And so the, usually the first question we ask is, what was life growing? What was life like growing up? So can you talk to us about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So my parents are divorced. So I grew up uh, switching households a little bit. I have a great relationship with both my parents. Um, I got a, two brothers and a little sister. We, uh, they're all younger, so I'm the oldest. Uh, I wouldn't say I was, I definitely wasn't privileged, you know, things or anything or close to that sort or anything like that. So normal went to high school, um, works and everything like that. Then went on to go to school and get a degree in computer science and get a job. So that's basically what that was. So 
Would you say that you're an entrepreneur or would you say that that's something that you kind of newly started embarking on? Um, I found out I was an entrepreneur as soon as I graduated college. So I graduated school and I had a decent job. I was in tech. So, that, I mean, that's what I was, that was the whole point of going to school for anyway. So I had a pretty decent job. And my friend graduated school at the same time as I did, Wesley Earp. He, um, he was like, hey, man, we're making a little bit extra bread. You should think about reading um, or think about investing in real estate. Well, he got me hit the real estate. And I read um, the Bigger Pockets book by Brandon Turner. I think it was like how to invest in real estate or something like that. Real estate mm-hmm. investing. So I read that book and I was, you know, I was hooked. Basically, I had went, went out of rental and did that whole thing. Uh, so that's where like my entrepreneur, I knew having a job and going to work every day wasn't just going to be what, what I was going to do for the rest of my life. So do you still own that rental property? No, nah, I had ended up in Las Vegas. Um, that was in, that property was in Durham, North Carolina, but I had sold it. Um, so I was just in a, I wouldn't say it was a bad situation. It was definitely a good learning experience. I had to just go through some things like that. So it was pretty cool. And I had a new opportunity in Las Vegas. So I just sold it, um, profited a little bit and, you know, going on to the next one. So can, have you bought any property since then? Nah, because once I, what I really learned from that is I just hopped right into it really fast and I didn't want to, um, I just hopped right into it. And now I know that I'm moving on to more, like I want to do commercial real estate. So that's more so the asset class that I'm focused on, uh, specifically like multifamily, uh, affordable housing. So I'm, I have not purchased another uh, property yet. So what did the numbers look like on that property? Um, as far as like purchase price, how did you finance that property? And then how much was it renting for? Uh, let's see. I got it on my computer. I can look right quick. I don't remember off the top of my head, but we had a realtor. I think I got it for like, I'll use even numbers 90. I got it for around 90. I had the bank that I used, I was able to get um, 0% down because I got good credit. Um, so 0% down. So that made my mortgage payment really high. The mortgage payment was around eight. I thought I was gonna be able to rent it for 13 cause I was gonna use just like a VA program kind of similar to section eight where you're gonna get guaranteed. But there were no VA people available once I bought the house. So I had to bring it down to kind of like regular rental market. Uh, so I was only bringing me like 1100. So I was paying mortgage at 1100 or at 800 and I was only bringing in 1100 which I really thought was gonna be 13. So that, that split, you know, um, when you got your expenses and all the other things you gotta tap in, it wasn't really what I wanted it to be. And then yeah. we did the completion process, so. The um, margins get real tight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So when did you start this current company? How did you come across that? This came about, I would say, really last year in 2019, I was writing the, I was writing a blog, I used to have, well, I still have a blog called Wise Time about how to spend your time wisely. And I was doing like that history month thing where I was writing about how black people can spend their time wisely, you know what I'm saying? Doing different things as far as building wealth together, eating better and all around just time management. Cause you know, we always operate on like what we call color people time or CP time. And I think that's the most detrimental thing to us. It's up there with music and drugs and other stuff. That's how far I feel like how we manage our time as a whole people. But so that's why I wrote the blog and I was writing a blog about how we can spend our time wisely by uh, practicing group economics, things like that. So when I was writing, doing my research, I uh, came across Maggie Anderson and she's like the founder of basically like a We Buy Black kind of like movement. She has a book called Our Black Year where her and her husband just went and only bought black owned products and it was in Chicago. 
but the book is kind of oh i think it was written in 2009 if i'm not so she was only going local and i was thinking while reading the book or when i was doing my research also during my research when i read that nielsen nielsen reported you know the nielsen report everybody knows the nielsen report we got like 1.2 trillion in spending power uh, just going to these other companies things like that so getting that type of knowledge, I just started to open my brain a little bit more like, okay, I, I at least do my part. So I started buying just different black owned products, like everyday little things like toothpaste, um, household cleaner, laundry detergent, uh, headphones, stuff we use all the time, stuff that people may not feel like when you say need based business is that, but is it is a need because people the everyday work, you know what I'm saying, for their, for their whole life. Mm-hmm. So once I was buying those products, so that was in February, Black History Month. I started buying them probably in the summer of last year. I was like, man, talking to my friend Wesley Earp, uh, shout out to him. He also has a podcast we invested, but talk, yo, I'm about to review these products because people don't even, well, I was telling him about the Too Faced and then I was like, yeah, I can do this on YouTube. So that's really how it got started. And I really wanted to share the products that I was using with other people so people can just know what is even out there to begin with. Right, right, that's true. So are you buying the products or do people donate them to you these days? So well, I just started so far. I bought every single product that I reviewed, uh, except for 24 watches. We do have a partnership. So 24 seven watches, um, shout out to them. So they're pretty cool. That's great. But other than that's, that, that's yeah. dope. I know, yeah. I know the, the founder of that company actually created their LLC. So it's kind of crazy how they, we have this economy of, of uh, Instagram and social media. Yeah, that's what's up, man. And that's crazy. Hey, everybody. It's your girl, Erica Williams from the Classy Climb blog. I'm a six-figure YouTube earner and the author of the book, Smartphone Millionaire, How to Lend to People, Real Estate, and Businesses from the Palm of Your Hand. And if you're interested in the three things that changed my life over the past four years to become a six-figure YouTube earner and investor in multiple properties in multiple states, I would love for you to join me over at the Classy Climb YouTube channel. This episode of the Todd Capital Millionaire Podcast is sponsored by Hood Estates. Hood Estates is offering a Hood Estates Elite Real Estate Investing Program, as well as a Hood Estates Trucking Program. All the details can be found in the show notes. You can also find them on Instagram at Hood Estates. What would you say is the overall goal of your company? I'm trying to connect more black business consumers. Well, I'm trying to connect more consumers with black business owners. But at the same time, I want people to understand what type of businesses we still need in the community. So like I'm reviewing products. Okay. Everybody like goes on Amazon before they buy a product to and see what, what, see what their other reviews are. So, okay, boom, we can tackle that part of it. This product is either here nor there. And I'm not going to ever bash. I'm going to just tell the truth. So that's why I like to do my cons. I don't really grade or tell somebody to not buy or to buy a product. It's just, it is what it is. But the goals of the, the YouTube channel is really just to spread the word and enlighten people and hopefully to get more people to understand that if we if more of us buy black owned products, we can that that'd be the less money that's going to other companies and we can pull that money together and start to create different things that's going on. How do you plan on monetizing the company? Because I know right in, in the beginning, it's kind of like in, for information. So you're building that brand. But how do you plan on kind of bringing in revenue? So I plan to do a lot of affiliate links. I'm going to do affiliate links. I'm going to do ads. I wanted to kind of do a different take on my ads as well. So, you know, how you have the regular YouTube ads. I would rather on YouTube have ads like you have in your podcast. 
in the, the top millionaire pipe ads for black owned businesses. I would rather have my ads like that. So I my YouTube ads, but I will have ads from businesses throughout the YouTube show. That's so, dope. I like that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things cool. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's definitely one of the ways that I want to um, plan on monetizing in through merch um, uh, events. I will have working events. Well, I actually was going to plan it this summer, but, you know, Corona got everybody chilling, <laughs> trying to take it, be safe. So uh, those are like four ways I plan on monetizing. I'm sure another more ways. Um, and another way is when people start sending me products, uh, you can't, I won't grab that as monetizing, but it is so. What's been the most impactful thing that you've experienced since you started the business? Just seeing other people tag the brand, tag, you know, word of mouth and, and on different products that they bought which is mainly the thing that I want to see is, okay, yeah, you tried this product, at least try to fly. I'm not saying you have to continue to shop with the product for the rest of your life if you don't want to, but just based on the color of our skin, you should at least try, you know, and that's the biggest impactful thing that I've seen and I love to see. What's been your favorite product that you reviewed since you've been out? I don't even, I can't, oh, Goldwater. Goldwater is probably the most interesting thing that I've reviewed so far. I didn't know what it was at the beginning, Goldwater by 19. I didn't even know that we were born with gold in our bodies. It just it was a lot of it was a lot of um, learning. It was a huge learning experience for me. So that was cool. That was the most coolest one yet. But there are some that I have reviewed that are not out yet. That's a little bit cooler that I uh, rock with. So I didn't know you could do that. I thought it was all like people who had their company out there and they were just promoting it, and then you just kind of reached out to them. But there's people who are still in like the testing phase, and you're still getting access to their product. Oh no! It's like I recorded a lot of my videos. So these are products that I bought. I didn't plan on dropping it um, until this February. So that's when it officially went on. But I had like a few reviews already done by then. So right okay. now I'm just, we're in limbo. Do you have any partners or is it just you right now? Right now it's just me. Man, so I think that the idea that you have is really smart. I think that using social media to do it, using YouTube to do it. And I think that like the bringing in that affiliate side is dope because then you can effectively just kind of create a whole store. So then you just become a black owned business store and yeah. every product that they come, every product that they buy comes through you. It's a really, it's a really smart idea. And there's people out there that are doing it successfully. And I think that you put a spin on it because now it's not just like, hey, this is so great. It's also like, hey, this is information. It's free yeah. and it's unbiased. So I think yeah. that's really cool. Exactly. Yeah, I appreciate That's exactly what you know I was going for because I was saying, how can I be different? How can I be different from everybody else? Or how can I not bite anybody else? Which is the main thing, you know, and I had to, I, know that I didn't really see anybody on YouTube doing it, so I was like, yeah, this would be my avenue. This is how I can feed the people. I think that's very important. A lot of people, they see somebody doing something successfully, and so then they say, oh, let me go do that. And I feel like that is misguiding. Um, I think it's the easy thing to do, and I think that's why so many people do it. But I would encourage you to take that approach of being the, the different person, being creative, being unique, because that's what's going to allow you to stand out. You don't have to go out there and create something out of left field. You can take their idea and tweak it. But typically what happens when you get a lot of people in the same space, especially a space that's kind of like our space, is then both businesses kind of struggle. And so the consumer wins, but the business owners die. And so I feel like as a business owner going into business, if you don't want to struggle and wonder why you're not winning, don't copy somebody else's idea. Otherwise, yeah. especially if you're late to the party, because then they're going to beat you with, with experience. They're already ahead of you. So I think that that's it's dope that I hear you say that. 
What are some tips that you would give to a black business owner that's looking to start a business? I would tell them to find a mentor. I would tell them to find a mentor. And if they cannot afford or find a mentor, I would definitely tell them to do as much research about your business and marketing as you can. Marketing is one of the most important things depending on it doesn't like well it doesn't matter what business you you own so if you're going to start a business you need to research marketing you know marketing is key man yeah because nobody nobody will know about your business if you don't know how to market and if you don't have the right tool set in place to um keep people coming people only buy what you promote so if you don't promote anything they won't buy anything that's something i found a long time ago when i was just strictly doing llc's i would promote llc's and whenever I promoted LLCs, I'd get LLC clients. If I didn't promote LLCs, I'd get no clients. Yeah. And so now I work in um, a personal injury law firm and we do a lot of advertising. But this guy is everywhere, billboards, commercials, nail ya. And I realized like, there's a reason why he's rich. And it's not because he's the best lawyer. It's because he's the best business person. He's the best advertiser, he's the best marketer. So people are gonna come to you just because they saw you before they saw somebody else. And you don't have to, and so I think that's important. It's like the goal, in my opinion, isn't always to be the best because being the best is hard. Like if you're trying to be the best, you're going to be competing against a lot of people who can do this in their sleep. I'd rather just be the most active, be the most engaged, be the most out there continuously promoting myself, knowing that I might not still be successful as the best person, but I'm going to be a lot more successful than that really, really, really good person who's just sitting there waiting for opportunities to fall in their lap because that's just not how life works. Yeah, exactly. what do you what do you think makes a good product? Um, a number one thing that it works like it's supposed to do. Um, number two, that it it fits the desired audience that it's intending to reach. Um, and three, I think a good product is like backed by like a guarantee or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of these companies um, will have like thirty day money back guarantee or something like that. I think that's a good thing to have. Creating a product. So, so a lot of times we get a lot of stigma when it comes to African-American business, the whole concept that the white man's ice is colder and you've tested a lot of products. So do you think that that is true or do you think that's just like what people kind of perpetuate? Of course it's not true. And even if <laughs> it's going to be a little wild, but even if the white man's ice was colder, black men made the ice anyway. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> like either way it's coming from us. So you should just go to us regardless, because I like to say that people, people always want to say, Oh, I've gotten bad customer service from X, X, XYZ business. And it's like, I've know I has messed up your burger more than one time. Like I've known you received bad service at IHOP more than one time I'm saying any, you know, any other, other own business or at the Chinese spot, or it's like, so don't, that cannot be your excuse. I think that all of our products are much better because for one, uh, African-Americans, we tend to be uh, more thoughtful and more skillful, you know, as, as opposed to just just trying to make money is what I think the biggest difference is we're not. Our people aren't just money hungry, um, conniving um, whenever trying to create stuff for the market. We actually care and put thought into it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think our- I feel like even if their ice is colder, you still got to buy your own ice just because that ice isn't just the ice, man. I was watching, I think, Minister Farrakhan, and he was talking with Dr. Boyce Watkins, and he was talking about how there's this thing where you have to kind of, like, you might, you shouldn't have to, but if you do have to, 
you maybe you have to pay a little bit more for that black product. And so let's say you can buy a white product for a dollar and a black product for a dollar ten. Now you have to realize that typically that black business has black employees, it has black managers, it has people who have black families, it has um, people who are probably going to treat you with a lot more respect. They're not going to follow you around the store. People who are invested in your community. And so the dollar isn't just a dollar. It's like a dollar is it's is power in a lot of ways. And so it's like I always tell people like money isn't just the purpose of buying things. It's to have power and control. Money is power in and of itself. And so I think that like we have to realize that it shouldn't be a, like until we get to that point, and I don't even know if we ever should get to that point. It shouldn't be about what's better and what's worse. It's about what serves your community. Because when they're looking at you on the application and they're looking at that person on the application, there's a reason why an educated African-American male makes less than an uneducated and sometimes even a, uh, an ex-con Caucasian because they have a vested interest in their community. It's not because you're better. If that was the case, we'd be doing a lot more shit. But we don't because they don't care if you're better. Other communities don't care if you're better. They care about their community. And we got to put community first. And so I think that that's important. I wanted to talk to you about, because I'm not sure if you really expanded on this, but the idea you said that we made it anyway. Can you kind of uh, expand that idea? Well, of course not ICE itself. Um, shout out to God. <laughs> but as far as we made, like we make, a lot of stuff was created by us in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Or a lot of these ideas were ours in the first place is what I was getting at with. Um, okay. Made it anyway. So it's like, even if they made it, um, then it's cheaper. Or even if they make it and it's a little bit different, it, it came from us regardless. Uh, whether it's literal idea or if it's the literal material that the product is made out of. Or the thing itself, because, you know, there have been physical inventions that have been stolen Black people, patents, trademarks, all of that stuff been stolen from black people. So we're we're having to come back. We made everything as slaves. They took it, and now we have to remake everything again for our own selves, which is basically like, which is what I was getting at. We made the icing. Hey, ladies, this is your co-host, Rashana Scott. And are you looking for a community of women real estate investors? If so, I want to take a quick second to share with you Infinity Membership. Sorry, fellas, but Infinity Membership is a women's only online community for newbie and experienced investors. Come let your hair down and join a non-judgment zone sisterhood where all of your questions about investing in real estate get answered. This is also an opportunity to learn from the best of the best. Other seasoned and successful women in the industry share their success tips often. Our live group sessions are twice a month and we support each other daily within our private Facebook group. Our sessions range from driving for dollars to working with contractors to out-of-state investing, raising private capital, marketing your deals, and so much more. Does this sound like something that you've been looking for? Well, we would love to have you. For more information, visit us at bit.ly forward slash infinity membership. Again, that's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash infinity membership. So I thought where you're going to go with that is the explanation of your logo. So can you talk to us about the logo and what that means and what it represents? Oh, yeah, facts. Well, that, yeah, that would tie in. So, yeah, so the logo is um, it's a globe. We have the globe up there. And then we have uh, African-American hands holding the globe. Just symbolizes that we, we've been holding the world in our hands, basically holding the world together for the existence of man from the material that I've researched. 
I have Africa in the middle of the globe, and it's gold because everything that I know of came from Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, people came from Africa. Um, the animals, most of the animals, when America was Pangea, you know, everything just migrated from Africa uh, originally uh, from the things that I've looked up. But that's why I have Africa as gold. And as of right now, Africa is gold. And a lot of the major investors, the higher up investors, Bill Gates and other people uh, in that category. So they know that Africa is gold right now. And that's where most of them are parking their money. Uh, and Chinese people are too. Chinese, China has been heavily involved in Africa right now. So I need people to understand that Africa is a gold mine. Yeah, I feel like a lot of it is just like you have to kind of like shape people's minds. And I think that's why this content is so powerful. YouTube is so powerful. Like we have the ability to go directly to people as opposed to hoping that somebody's going to put us on their platform so we can talk about what we want to talk about. I remember back in the day, you used to have to want, you, used to like, you, you would have to like hope that a specific TV show was going to show something that was like helpful to you. So if it was like a talk show, like maybe they'd have Robert Kiyosaki on that talk show. Now you want to listen to Robert Kiyosaki, you type in YouTube, you get Robert Kiyosaki. And so I think that that's kind of dope where we are. And then, I mean, as it pertains to us, it's like there's so much powerful content out there. It's like, I have 143 episodes. On Your Leisure has like 50, 60 episodes. Yeah. Millionaire Mindset has a bunch of episodes. And you have YouTube channels. You have people out there with YouTube channels. And so I say all that to say that we do have to use our media to shape the minds of our people. Because if they hear that they're great over and over and over again, they're going to start believing that they're great. If they hear that they're that they're B's and H's and all they can do is like do lean and stuff. There's a reason why that perpetuates in the community is because that's what you listen to on full blast and dance. So just want to make that point. So it's funny you brought that up. You're talking about like um, going to black businesses, even if the customer service is bad because you're going to go somewhere else and get bad customer service. What are some other reasons why people don't frequent African-American businesses and how can we kind of destroy those myths? Well, the reasons are mainly the yeah, lack of customer service and the, the same reason is just the price, um, the price thing. And like I say with in some of my videos when I'm reviewing a product, you know, I, I always make sure to bring up like, yeah, this price might be a little bit right now, but if more people buy the product, then the owner will, I'm sure will have no problem lowering the price because you have to understand business is business regardless. So they're going to have to buy that product. They're going to buy the ingredients and stuff like that. Um, and maybe when they start getting more in, they can get a cheaper price from the original manufacturer anyway. You know what I'm saying? And then what if that person was black also? So that's an effect. Um, and, but those are the main two reasons that I get. The third reason would just be like, some people would just have heard growing up. They haven't even ever even tried to shop with a black owned business. They just heard. And it's like, as soon as you say black owned, they're like, oh, no, nah, I ain't not for me. So it, that would be like the third reason, just people not knowing who they are. Yeah. Um, you bring up a good point, And I, I used to talk about that because people would always say like, oh, well, the product, it's not as good as it should be. Kind of like when LeVar Ball created his sneakers. And I was telling people, it's like, well, like the more that we frequent their business, now they have more capital to reinvest in making that product better. And I feel like sometimes we just don't know business because yeah. if we knew business, we would know that the original Facebook isn't the Facebook of today. So therefore, when somebody launches a product and it doesn't look like what Facebook looks like now, we just got to understand that that's where they're at in their process. Yeah. And so if we continue to support them as they grow it, pretty soon they'll be on Facebook. But if we continue to dismiss it, it's like if a, if a kid was one years old and we're like, you can't talk. 
You ain't never gonna talk. We don't need you, kid. It's like, man, like in 18 years, he's gonna be good. But you're over here killing him at year one. Amazon is like a 30 year company. We gotta let our companies get to be 30 years old. And so I think that the message really should be to the African-American business owners and letting them know, because we can't really control what the, the customer says, but we can control what we do. And we gotta know where we're headed because if we know where we're headed, we can take the slander and use it as motivation to improve. When I launch products and I get feedback, all I do is use that to incorporate it into my product to improve it. And so they might think that they're slandering me. They might think they're holding me back, but I know where I want to go. And so then as you continue to ramp it up and improve your product, then you can improve your price as well. Or if you don't want to, then you can give them an even better value proposition. So I think that's dope. Um, man, there's another point that I wanted to make, but I'm not going to go there. Actually, I am going to, well, am I going to go there? So basically a long time ago, I used to be on this really big tirade about black business. Um, I think that I kind of like have, I've done what I needed to do because we've seen this black wealth renaissance where we have all these different businesses that are kind of popping up, but it's true. It's like, man, people tolerate so much from other people and we have a short fuse when it comes to our own. We got to flip that because the businesses are where the wealth comes from. Yeah. You're not going to get wealth from a job. You're not going to get wealth from a handout. You're not going to get wealth from uh, all these, anything that's not a business, basically. Like business is everything. I think business is even better than real estate. And I think that you kind of feel the same now that you're kind of pivoting more towards to building your own business. And I've experienced it. I was thinking about today. I was like, man, like my business before my business, basically I got a lot of stuff going right now. And so I have one platform and I'm able to, without any debt, without having to go get a loan from somebody, without having to carry a, um, not, without having to get approval, I was able to create an asset that generates more than my working income. And I did that with my mind. And so then the same thing is true. I woke up this morning and the business had enough sales. I was like, bro, like I could have cash flowed the whole rental portfolio for the whole year and not made as much money as I made in one day. And so like, I think that a lot of people don't realize like real estate is where you go after you make your money. You got to start a business and business is what happens when you solve problems. So if we solve problems, we help people, we get the money, then maybe you park it in real estate and you get some cash flow, but don't skip steps, help some people. Yeah, for sure. Well, I will have to, I'll have to backtrack that one a little bit just because I'm at, when I got bit by the real estate bug, I got bit. So like I, I would put real estate over business just in my category, but I would say a business in real estate. So where you're going to start a construction company, property management company, uh, one of the trades, subcontracting companies, uh, where you're going to be an appraiser, all of those type of businesses, um, mm -hmm. you know, I rock with. So, I mean, yeah, I guess, but yeah, yeah, the real so, estate, if you're going to just use real estate for cash floating, yeah, I agree. But if you're going to really be in real estate, then, you know what I'm saying? That's one thing I will say is that real estate does allow you to go into business. So if you can, you can acquire enough rentals, to cash flow and attain that financial freedom and you have a base of consistent income coming in, then you can create a business on top of that. So I agree. But if I had to take a hard stance, because it's kind of like with trading options, like people can start, start trading options with a hundred bucks, 200 bucks, but you can't necessarily, I mean, you can, but if you're going the traditional way to get into real estate, it's kind of tough to get in there, no money, but you can start a business with no money. And I think we should talk about that because a lot of people think they have to have this huge budget, invest a whole bunch of money to go into business. What do you think about that? How do you, do you think it's possible to kind of do something with a more lean model or do you think they need to go and get raised capital and then complain about people not giving them capital and all those different things they put in front of themselves? 
Um, I think it depends on what type of business you're going to start, uh, whether the capital part needs to be if you're, you know, if you're trying to start a major business, you can't rent. Then yeah, that's because they say that like black women don't get the most, uh, get the least capital raised or something like mm-hmm. that. So yeah, I definitely think that's a real issue. Um, but as far as if you can start, of course, use your, just use your job. If you have a job, just go ahead and use your job, invest in your business. So like if you have your, your paycheck put out for your different bills, go ahead and put 5% aside to pay your business and, and go ahead and give yourself some working capital uh, standpoint uh, would be what I would suggest. I feel like I feel like I want to encourage people to, to get started in a lean way. Um, one of the things that I did when I first started one of my companies at a necktie company and what I would do is I would do sale on demand. I created a big cartel account, <laughs> OG yeah. big cartel. Yeah. And what I would do is I would go on the internet and I would get pictures of all the different neckties and I would oh. add them to my site. And then what would happen is people would order it and then I'd order it. And then I keep my profit and I ship it to them. And so I just, I think that like, yeah, funding is important, but I think hustle is important too. I think creativity is important. I think grinding it out is important too, because what's going to happen is you're just going to improve over time. So hustling. Yeah, I agree. Hustling definitely is important. And yeah, start where you're at because like before I had YouTube or before YouTube, I was vlogging almost every day for like, um, like 2017, this is back whenever I was in real, well, I was doing real estate and I was, uh, I started wholesaling too. I started this, um, so I was, I was vlogging like every day because that, that was going to be my YouTube channel originally. So, and I had like a little $150 camera from Best Buy, you know, uh, and I was vlogging every day ready to get started. Yep. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely you got to hustle. Definitely start where you're at. Don't hold back if you don't have money. Yeah. So, but yeah. when I, when I first started Ty Capital, I was doing a lot of blogging. Um, the podcast is the reason why. Uh, we've been doing this for about three years and it's all marketing like the podcast whether people know it or not is marketing yeah it's content yeah it's informative but gary b said there's no such thing as free content like you put it out there but we got ads running we got affiliate links that are hidden underneath like all this stuff is helping the business grow and it costs us no money it only costs us time and the crazy thing is is as you get your money up you're still gonna have to hustle so you might as well get used to it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you want to make it is no easy there's no free lunch there's no such thing as 100 percent passive income where you do nothing you just collect um i think that's very important to kind of um i guess because i think we're doing a, a small business and entrepreneurship coaching session Hi, how are you? I am Andre C. Hatchett, 15-year mobile notary pioneer and veteran. We have created the Notary Business School, which will show you how to start a successful, long-term, needed business as a mobile notary public. Well, with 15 years of experience and with different downturns in the economy, we have labeled this business as being recession-proof, meaning that you can run this business in any climate, any city, any state in America. On average, our students make between 60 and 200 per appointment, which usually takes under an hour. I'll say that again. On average, our students usually make between $60 and $250 per appointment as a mobile notary public. If you would like to enroll and save a few dollars, go to the website, millinotarypromo.com. That is millinotarypromo.com. Look forward to seeing you in class. Have a great day. Bye-bye. 
Yo, it's the Options Trading Workshop, presented by Tide Capital. Learn the fundamentals and advanced trading strategies that allow us the chance to earn $20,000 in side money in one year while working a job and running multiple businesses. That's right. Learn the what, the where, and the how of options trading in this exclusive webinar. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at PartnerWithMillie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to Gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. Yeah, I guess we can wrap it up. I think we talked about a lot of different things. I have a few um, questions that I always ask people. And one question is, what is something you would buy if money was no object? Um, the airplane. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good answer. Yeah, Who is somebody that you look up to and why? I would say my parents, just because I've seen, I've seen how hard my mom has went, seen how hard my dad has, and those people definitely have focused my brain and see how, and showing me how hard I, I need to go in order to make it, in order to, you know, to be the next step for my family. So those right. are definitely two people I look up to. I love it. I love it. What is your favorite business or real estate book? My favorite business book is going to be The Wealth Choice by Dennis Kimbrough. Uh, it highlights the success of a lot of, lot of black millionaires. And it just shows the different stories and, and how different people hustle to, uh, to just get it out of, out of the mud, wherever they got it from. I wish, I wish more people, I wish that book was like retired, required reading because we know all about LeBron. We know all about these Carnegie's and all them, but for some reason we pass over african-american people who achieved a lot of wealth and that's that book is just filled with stories yes. and so that's one of my favorite books as well i think i might have read it twice i'm not really sure um what sets apart successful business people from those who give up failure and never get started definitely people i would say the thing that separates you is how much you're willing to get out of your comfort zone whatever you're comfortable doing right now and whatever you're not comfortable doing you need to do it in order to be successful in business because there's going to be some things that you bring particularly not like doing that you can maybe later once your business grows uh, like maybe like or maybe like uh, doing administration tasks but once you get over that once you get over the fear or whatever you need to do then uh, you'll be successful and every different level of business have different comfort zones so you'll never hopefully you'll never be 100% comfortable whatever whatever you're doing because you should you know what I'm saying? always be trying to move forward and level up what does wealth mean to you the community is good so like if my family is straight they'll be straight regardless uh, like down the line, but wealth is should be transferable between the, the entire community. They're like there's like a community outside of Atlanta. It's called Seren Seren Bay. I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's like community people. They have like a garden. They have like a community garden. Uh, they have different businesses, different houses, and all is just in one big development. Basically, uh, different people live there, and I feel like something like that for the community would be what wealth means to me. Wealth as a whole, wealth as a people. Right. So last question is, where, where can people find out more about you? Where can they follow you? And where can they support what you have going on? Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram at wom.reviews. You can follow me on YouTube at Word of Mouth Reviews. And you can follow me on Twitter at Word of Mouth. Go um, check out the website. It'll be WOM for Word of Mouth, WOMnetworks.com. Uh, and... Yeah, that's where you can find me. My personal is uh, P underscore Jones, too. Uh, I talk about some real estate stuff on there. Uh, I do have some other stuff going on. So you can follow me on my personal if you would like to. Dope. Thank you for coming on the show, man. Uh, we might have to have you back so we can dig a little bit deeper into certain issues. I saw some really cool stuff on your page. So it'd be cool yeah. to get your take on that. I appreciate it. It's crazy that you reached out to me. I really, I won't say I expected you to, but I knew it was going to happen regardless because, like I told you, I, I 
I recorded all my videos, a lot of my videos before they went out and I recorded like a top 10 podcast to listen to um, video and I already put out part one, but you were on, originally I was gonna just do the whole thing, but I stood up in the park, which you're on 19. That's dope, I appreciate you. This is the Tiger Familiar Podcast, episode 143. Um, check out all of our partners, all of our affiliates that we work with. Also check out the Tiger Capital Options course and the Options Workshop and the Combo course. Uh, doing some great stuff, helping people make good money with little money. My name is Charles Ogilvy Austin. It's Todd Millionaire signing off. Want more money to pay off debt and increase your income? I'm Terry Egioma from Invest with Terry, and I teach an online course on how to invest in the stock market for daily or weekly returns. My seven-step strategy saves you time and erases the guesswork from trading. With these seven steps, I've earned over $16,000 in a day without having a large account. Start big or small. These proven steps will increase your profits and decrease your losses. To learn more, visit itradeandtravel.com.